Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. How, 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 how. What up, world? Welcome to another episode of the RJO Show, a special post-game edition of the RJO Show. This episode, we are recapping the fourth preseason game for the Dallas Cowboys and Houston Texans alike. A, uh, a pretty boring contest at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, that the Houston Texans came out on top of 28-17, to the Governor's Cup, as it is known in the Lone Star State. And I am joined by someone who you have all heard here on the RJO Show to discuss the state of Texas in terms of its professional football teams, the Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Texans, and the preseason matchup between them and everything uh, you know involved in it, its ensuing elements, its ensuing details. I brought on the best in the business in terms of the Houston Texans RJO Show. Please welcome Jimmy Jalsethna. What is going on, Jimmy? Oh, just celebrating our first undefeated preseason uh, big step on the way to the Super Bowl. I think we're going to be the first team to go, what, 23-0? and Is that how that works? That would be pretty remarkable, um, although it is extremely unlikely considering that your team currently employs Brandon Whedon, who we'll get to discussing in a little bit. But um, I know as a Houston Texans fan and the official Houston Texans correspondent of the RJO show that you have – you know, I think you're in line, right? Like to get a tattoo as as we were speaking, twenty three and zero. Yeah, I'm gonna get the same uh, tattoo that Brock Osweiler has on the inner arm. <laughs> what is live it? life to it is fullest. Is that what it really says? Live life to it is fullest. No, it says it's fullest. Oh, but, but it like has, con- uh, contractually, it's yeah. So, so oh it, wow, it reads out as it is, or it's short for it is. To be fair, apostrophes can signal possession, um, but, I mean, wow, that's a, a huge mistake on Brock. Almost a bigger mistake than signing with the Houston Texans this past offseason. I kid, Jimmy. Undefeated. Undefeated. I that's all I'm going to say. The Houston Texans have won the Governor Cup. Like I said, the annual showdown between the state of Texas's two professional football teams by a score of 28-17. to 17. And uh, here on the RJO Show, all season long, we will be recapping certain games, big games across the National Football League, and considering that I am a staff writer for InsideTheStar.com, and Jimmy is our resident Houston Texans expert, it felt uh, it felt right to sort of join forces today, Jimmy. This is like my favorite superhero movie of all time is X2, um, the second X-Men movie, and I feel like I'm Professor X and you're Magneto right now. How is it not one of the Batman movies? I... I'm not. Uh, I'm not a bandwagon guy, Jimmy. I, you know, and so, it's hardly bandwagon. It's not at all bandwagon. Look, the Batman movies it's just are just the best. The Batman, it's the mo- Godfather of superhero movies. The Batman movies are great, but I love X2. It's so great. I'm about teamwork, Jimmy. I'm about working together to achieve a common goal, and uh, that's what we do here on the RJO show. That's why you're here. This is your fourth appearance on the RJO show. Is that a turkey? Is that what they call it in bowling? Oh, Four no. In a row? Uh, is that 
I don't know. I'm not a bowling. Bowling's not, a, not even a sport. Bowling so is not a sport. Let's talk about something that barely qualifies as a sport, and that's the fourth preseason of an NFL team. Or fourth preseason game, I should say, of an NFL team. Maybe I don't know how to talk. Whatever. Uh, the Houston Texans coming out on top 28 to 17. I think we can take a lot away from this, Jimmy. You know, these teams, as you and I are recording this late Thursday night, because that's what we do here on the RJO Show. We jump into the podcast booth immediately to get this information out to you. And so less than 48 hours from now, both of these teams are going to have to get down to 53 guys on their team. Now, I think that we can discern a lot from the performances tonight in terms of guys who are for sure not going to make their respective squads. Now, I'll start off here. And Jameel Showers, all right, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, as we currently stand, quarterback number two for the Cowboys. He was 10 of 25, 91 yards, one touchdown, one interception that ended up going for a pick six. It was embarrassing. He had two rushes for 15 yards. Nothing spectacular. Now, I know I started this off with guys that are not going to make the team, but I actually do believe, and this isn't necessarily you know indicative because of tonight, I do believe that Jameel Showers is going to make this team's final 53-man roster. I've been saying it a lot on Ocho Live over the last few days. There are literally two people on earth who know the 2016 Dallas Cowboys offense and scheme. And by two people, I mean two capable people. Obviously, Tony Romo and Kellen Moore do as well. But only Dak Prescott and Jameel Showers know this team as intimately as one would want their quarterback to. So I think that, you know, as a result of residual components, even though Jameel Showers didn't have a great night tonight, I think that he's going to be on this team's 53-man roster. Did you see anything from him on the opposing side from the Texans' view that made you think that he could be a viable quarterback in the National Football League? Uh, not at all. Not at all. Uh, I thought he struggled a lot against uh, third string, fourth string defense. He wasn't able to get a lot of uh, yardage, didn't get much out of his drives. I know there was a few plays where he, you know, held onto the ball too long and couldn't read pressures. And I just was not impressed by him. If something happens to Dak Prescott and Romo is still not back yet, you might as well just forfeit the season if you have to roll with Jameel Showers. That's why I do think that a veteran we brought in, somebody who does not make their respective 53-man roster. But like I said, I think Jameel's experience is what's going to save him. I think he's in a situation where he makes it, um, you know, as a result of extracurricular circumstances. Now, let's move to the other side of the ball tonight, a different quarterback, the one for the other team. In fact, let's talk about both of them that we saw tonight. Tom Savage of the Houston Texans, notably of Pitt, knows Devin Street, the Cowboys wide receiver, very well, was 12 of 18 for a buck 19 and a touchdown. Brandon Whedon, former member of the Dallas Cowboys, was 9 of 13 for 116 yards with a touchdown and an interception by Anthony Brown that actually got returned to the house. Now, I'm not the Houston Texans expert, but I'll tell you what I think first because it's called the RJO Show. Now, <laughs> All right. if it was me, Obviously, Brock Osweiler is the cemented number one starter. If it was me, I would much rather roll with Tom Savage. I saw a lot more from him that I uh, can feel safe with. And safe, I'm using that word pretty precariously. But I saw a lot from, from Tom Savage that made me feel better than what I saw from Brandon Whedon. Not to mention that Tom Savage is younger. He's cheaper, I believe. He's on his rookie deal. And, I mean, Brandon Whedon, what he did well honestly, was a result of Deggio Latoya from the Cowboys playing very poorly. And so I think the Texans are in a situation where they can afford to roll with two quarterbacks, and I think it's going to be Tom Savage in addition to Brock Osweiler. How do you feel as the resident Houston Texans aficionado? 
Well, from the very start of the preseason, Tom Savage was believed to be the number two quarterback on our depth chart. Uh, Brandon Whedon's a guy, I don't know, because Romo's gone down, Teddy Bridgewater has gone down, some other teams are struggling at quarterback. I'd like to see the Texans try to get something for Brandon Whedon. Maybe no, no one, it's just a seventh-round pick no one, or a sixth-round pick. No one is trading when Brandon Whedon's going to be cut less than 48 that's hours fair, from now. but I mean... Texans have gotten draft picks from Matt or for Matt Schaub in the past. I believe they got a draft pick for TJ Yates. You know, quarterbacks that were widely known to be on the, the cutting the, block, and they still got something for them. The timing of it, though, just does not lend to that. There's no, I don't think there's any way that, that any team gets anything for anybody in a Brandon Whedon situation just because teams are going to have to make decisions. Every team has to ditch 17 players by Saturday. Well, I don't think... Oh, sorry, tw- 22 gonna... players. 22 players. I should learn how to do math. Right. <laughs> well, I don't think the Texans are going to cut weed in the last uh, three years, I believe. They've started more than three quarterbacks each year. So they've had a lot of injury issues, and I don't think they're going to risk losing a guy who's now been in the system for a little while with the Texans. And, you know, last year, he Brandon Whedon was decent enough. He won us a key game or two and had some moments where he was slightly above the bare minimum competency that you require. So I think they're going to keep him if they can't move him. Uh, But Tom Savage is definitely number two. So you think Tom Savage is two, Brandon Whedon is three, and you think that Brandon Whedon makes the final 53-man roster for the Houston Texans? I'm going to predict it. I think the last two years you've had too many issues, and our offensive line is really banged up right now. I don't think you can feel confident and say that no one's going to get hurt. And especially when it's been such an issue in the past, you got to roll with three in my mind. So on a one to 10 scale of sadness with 10 being the opening 20 minutes from Pixar's up, if Brandon, (laughs) if Brandon Whedon is at any point starting for the Texans in 2016, where will you be on the sadness scale? I think I'll be exactly where Cowboys fans are or were when they saw Tony Romo reaching for his back after that preseason game. It's going to be that level. No, because it's going to be, okay, our season's over, and whatever the situation was that caused Brandon Whedon to be the starter, you know it's not good. It's something catastrophically bad. And it's going to be that level for me. I guess a 10. Well, you know, there was no need for that shot, James. It's not um, a shot. It's just that's how you guys felt. That's I, how I'd feel. I tried to take this to a, a peaceful Pixar level, and you didn't want to do oh, that. Gosh. That's fine. But let's move on to the running back situation. Jimmy Jossethna calling that Brandon Whedon will make the Houston Texans' final 53-man roster this coming Saturday. So if he's wrong, RJ Osho listeners, tweet at him. Let him know how dumb he is, at Jow on Twitter. Get right. in line. <laughs> so let's move to the running backs. We'll talk about the Cowboys first. They have a stable of running backs seemingly behind the fortress that is their offensive line that I have affectionately nicknamed the Space Cowboys. I haven't seen that catch on that much, Jimmy, and I want it to before the uh. season officially begins. So the Space Cowboys and their, we'll call them astronauts, the running backs behind them. Um, Darius Jackson, I think, performed really well tonight. He took a screen pass from Jameel Showers. That was the only touchdown of the night for Jameel to the house and he had as soon as he turned around he had about 20 yards of just green in front of him and Darius Jackson I think showed that 
you know, he was certainly worth the Cowboys spending a sixth-round draft pick on. Tonight was the night, I think, of the sixth-round draft picks for the Dallas Cowboys, and we'll get into guys like Anthony Brown, Kayvon Frazier, Rico Gathers in a bit. But Darius Jackson, I thought, played very well. Obviously, he's not Zeke or or even Alfred Morris, for that matter. But I think that Darius Jackson tonight proved that Darren McFadden will not be a Cowboy in 2016 because the Cowboys are very likely going to carry four running backs, and it's Alfred, Zeke, Dunbar, and Darius Jackson. As an opposing team, did you uh, were you scared of Darius tonight? I don't know if I was really scared. I don't know how he would play against starters. That uh, screenplay that was a touchdown, great play call. They caught us off guard. We were blitzing on that play, so... Just a perfect call in that situation. So um, I don't think that you can judge how he would do against starters. Uh, well, let's. But you know, it's nothing. To, but I you, mean, he's you, the fourth running back on a roster. But you follow you follow the Cowboys enough to a degree. As my friend and as a loyal RJ Osho listener and Inside the Star reader, you follow them enough to a degree that you know this situation. Do you think that Darius Jackson tonight proved? that he belongs on the final 53-man roster for the Dallas Cowboys as the fourth running back, enough to the point that you're comfortable letting go of Darren McFadden, you know, via whatever outlet they let go of Darren McFadden. Well, Darren McFadden's the better running back, in my opinion. Today. Now, yeah, today, but the cap situation may not be favorable to carry McFadden over this other man. And I don't. This other man, you just this, you just anointed Darius okay, Jackson. Darius, whatever. <laughs> Anyway, I don't think you can roll with McFadden, just the injury issues. And, yeah, he had a great year last year. But in the past, I'm also a very big Raiders fan, and he's just injured all the time. And this injury in particular was a little bit embarrassing and odd, to say the least. But if you cut Darren McFadden, I don't think you can go wrong uh, uh Another team is going to pick him up. He'll play somewhere else. He may even start well, uh, if someone in front of him gets hurt. But, but so, but so Darius Jackson earned the fourth team, or fourth running back job tonight. Then is what you're saying. I don't know if he earned it tonight alone, but, but he's, I think yeah, he showed he's, he can certainly. He's a confident you know, player. At the very least, the Cowboys would try to keep him on their practice squad, he, and he'd he's, probably get snatched up. Yeah, he cemented, I think, his spot tonight. Now let's move to the Texans running backs. Obviously, Lamar Miller. Um, you know, choosing to sign with the Texans over the Cowboys in free agency. Tyler Irvin is there, the rookie running back who is very Lance Dunbar-ish. I think that that is a nice one-two sort of, I don't want to say a one-two punch, but a sort of one-two combo. And uh, and this backfield is in a, in a different state than it has been for the last five or six years, considering Arian Foster's departure to Miami, who the Cowboys beat up a few weeks ago. Now, I don't know that both of these guys make the Texans roster. And so, you know, you were uh, you were a little bit peaceful when you said that Whedon would make it. So I want you to choose here. It seems that the Texans are going to have to make a choice between Kenny Hilliard and Akeem Hunt. Tonight, Kenny Hilliard taking the ball 29 times for 86 yards. But Akeem Hunt, 12 carries for 44 yards and one touchdown. Now, to me, Akeem Hunt seemed to be the more powerful runner and the the more change of pace guy. That's what I would want, considering I already had Lamar Miller and Tyler Irvin. You're the Houston Texans general manager on the RJO show. Which one of these two guys are you keeping not just specifically based off of tonight, but you know tonight, including the first three, uh, the first three preseason games. I liked what I saw more from Hakeem Hunt, and uh, Texans did draft Tyler Irvin uh, very fast and quick back this year. I think that Tyler Irvin is uh, 
a definite definite key player. He's going to be making more special teams appearances. They're going to utilize his speed a lot on offense this year. I'm not a big fan of Kenny Hilliard. And then also, Alfred Blue was uh, the guy that filled in after Arian, Rosker, Arian Foster went down last year. I really wanted to see more of him this preseason because I was not impressed when he finally stepped into that starting running back role. I would have liked to see him on the chopping block as well with these other two guys. Mm. But right now, I don't think Kenny Hilliard makes the team. Wow. So you think it's Lamar, Tyler Irvin, Alfred Blue, Akeem Hunt? Right. And I do think Alfred Blue might actually be the second running back on the depth chart. But you may see Tyler Irvin in certain packages. That's just fair. when they're trying to spread it out and get some speed on the field. That's fair, and I sort of get what you're saying in terms of wanting to see something from a guy that has sort of seemingly just gotten a pass for whatever reason, and I think we'll literally jump to the other side of the ball. I think a guy like that for the Cowboys is J.J. Wilcox, their safety. And J.J. has been awful. You know, he has been completely terrible. He's a hard hitter, but he understands angles. Um, you know, I'll just – like like a – like a third grader, yeah. like a third he failed grader. geometry, right? Basically. Exactly. He probably yeah. failed geometry like four times, if we're being honest. <laughs> um, and so he is terrible. And I was sort of upset that, and I tweeted about this. JJ was chilling on the sidelines, you know, with one of the bucket hats or caps on, sort of like you know how the the veterans, the the star players in the fourth preseason game, they're they're just chilling on the sideline. They're having a great time. They might as well, you know, be out there you know, lounging around because they know, oh, we're the stars. You know, we're just taking it easy. Next week is when the real show starts. And J.J. Wilcox sort of got that treatment, and it bothered me because I think that he's somebody who should be on the chopping block, kind of like you're saying Alfred Blue was. Now, tonight was not necessarily a great night for some members of the Cowboys secondary, you know, whatever about J.J. Wilcox. I think that Anthony Brown, he had the pick six off of Brandon Whedon. I think he... Certainly made this conversation interesting. Deji Olatoy, the other Cowboys corner, who saw a lot of snaps tonight, he did not have a good game. He's had a great preseason. He is uh, somebody who played well at the tail end of last season. I think that both of those guys ultimately make the roster for this team, um, despite having diametrically opposite performances this evening against the Texans. Now, you know, what did you see from the Cowboys secondary? Who stood out to you? Because you're primarily a Texans fan, like we're talking. You mentioned that you have some affection for uh for the oakland raiders but who stood out to you other than the obvious in terms of anthony brown with his pick six i don't know how to pronounce his name is it olatoya olatoye olatoye uh he definitely stood out in a very bad way in a negative light yeah for sure brandon whedon would have had a lot more yardage and three touchdowns if he would have not overthrown a few passes where uh, i'm gonna mess it up Olatoye. You got it. Yay. Whiffed completely on some of these. Just bad angles, got ran around by receivers. He looked really, really bad. And like I said, if Brandon Whedon had any kind of touch whatsoever, the, the score would have been way higher for the Texans this game. It's amazing that you're saying that when you just put Brandon Whedon on the Texans 53-man roster, and now you're saying he didn't have any touch. Yeah, he didn't have any deep... Uh, passing touch on those few plays and i'm not saying he has it in general most of the time anyway <laughs> but for a third string quarterback i think he's fine you're Do right i want to see him play no no I for don't sure see him play at I, all. unlike brandon whedon deji olatoy has played very well before you're right though certainly <laughs> certainly not his night um ultimately though i do think his spot on the 53 man roster is safe 
I think that Kayvon Frazier, who's been on the RJO show, he had a great game. He had a great pass breakup in the end zone. He's not that, That's what the Cowboys have been looking for. They, they've had that hard-hitting safety in terms of a guy like J.J. Wilcox. That's what he can do. He can bring the wood. But Kayvon Frazier, he, he's great in coverage. He's great playing, a def, you know, playing a, a, the role of a defender which somebody like J.J. Wilcox just simply doesn't have the you know the skill set to do. So Kayvon Frazier jumped out to me, and I think he's a guy who certainly makes his 53-man roster. Who stood out to you on the defensive side of the ball for the Texans tonight? Um, hard to say. So many players played well. Uh, I thought Charles James, especially early on, uh, he was making a bunch of plays. He's a big special teams guy for us. Uh, just just so people are aware, Charles James, the star of last season's Hard Knocks, the, the Happy Sox guy, right? Right. He was one of the guys that just uh, captured the hearts of the viewers for Hard Knocks last year. And that's a whole separate issue, but I haven't found anyone on, uh, on the Rams to capture my heart this year. Oh, uh, well, well Will, let, William, uh, William Hayes would, would disagree with you with his – uh, his, oh. his quest to understand the origin of dinosaurs and whatever. but um, The worst part of that is the teammates arguing that dinosaurs exist are doing it in the worst way where if I was like a... If I had no knowledge at all of dinosaurs, I would not believe their defense of their existence. It's just really embarrassing Yeah, as, I, as human beings. I thought... I think it was a few episodes ago when, when William Hayes said, you know, well, what about the dinosaurs in the water? You know, the, yeah, the, oh, those are sharks. Yeah, the fire didn't get to them because it's in the water. Uh, I mean, this season of mermaids. Uh, yeah, this uh, this season of Hard Knocks has um, has not been good. I I won't lie. Um, I've been yeah. dis- I've been disappointed. I mean, I I love it just because it's it's Hard Knocks, but um, you know, certainly not the 2015 Texans. But let's get back to the 2016 Je- Texans. Real quick, Jeff Fisher is the Brandon Whedon of NFL coaches. <laughs> I mean. I, I think it's, that's it's hard to disagree with that. Okay, the, the 2016 Texans, who were still coached by Bill O'Brien, who stood out to you on the defensive side of the ball tonight in the preseason finale in Arlington? I like Charles James a lot. Uh, uh, Akeem right. Dent is a guy we uh, traded for a few years ago with the Falcons. And, uh, you know, at our interior linebacker spots, obviously you have Brian Cushing uh, leading the way. You have Bernardrick McKinney. So I uh, wanted to see a lot from the interior linebackers, especially since McKinney and Cushing uh, have had some injury problems in the past. But I liked what I saw from him in the past. He's been very uh, solid for us. So I thought he really stood out as well. What are your thoughts on Devin Still? And I like the guy. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, his uh, daughter. Yeah, Leah Still, yeah. the, the Leah Strong. Uh, they won – she won the SB last year, uh, the Arthur right. Ashe Award for Courage, right? Yeah, and I don't. It, was it leukemia or another form of cancer? But um, she was fighting through that. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm not 100 percent certain what it was, but definitely some sort of ailment. Um, and the it, the Bengals very famously kept uh, Devin on their team or whatever it was to the point that he was still covered from a medical insurance perspective. And, and now he's on the Texans. And so that's the reason I asked because Devin still is this guy who's completely and totally easy to root for. But to me, he hasn't really stood out um, on the Houston Texans defense. Do you think, you know, he's, uh, he's someone who can be relied upon this season, you know, next to guys like J.J. Watt and Jadeveon Clowney and, and Vince Wilfork? Well, we have quite a few guys on that D-line right now, and I don't know if he makes a 53-man roster. I definitely uh, hope the Texans can keep him 
to some extent because you know in Houston uh, the cancer hospitals here MD Anderson they're so so good I know Craig Sager is uh, currently in Houston right. getting his cancer treatment right now so I definitely hope he can stay around here especially just for his daughter but, but remove uh, remove the emotion from yeah removing play, that play. I don't think I've seen enough to keep him uh, on an already crowded defensive line so so call it right now Jimmy because the RJO show you know, we'll hold you to your word, and I mean that. Does, Dev, <laughs> well, does, does Devin still make the 53-man roster for the Houston Texans this Saturday? I got to go with no. I don't see it happening. I think there's a few extra guys who are trying to keep it wide receiver and uh, stock up on running back. I think he's going to be one of the guys that gets cut. Yeah, you know, and, and that happens. You know, there are guys who you want to root for that just don't make the team. That's a guy like Andy Jones for the Cowboys. He's a receiver, you know, that people fall in love with. It's sort of a tradition for Cowboys fans to fall in love with an undrafted receiver and, and physical qualities for him. He had a, a mediocre game, which is a significant step up for him um, tonight against the Texans. <laughs> but Andy's not going to make this team. Devin Street's not going to make this team. I want to get to one last sort of detail, and I feel like there's a guy on – both teams that played the night that this sort of is relevant to. And I'll start with the Dallas Cowboys here. Gavin Escobar, the 2013 second-round draft pick. Tight end, obviously, coming off a torn ACL. He played a majority of the game tonight, and that is not a good thing. You know, playing most of the fourth preseason game is never a good sign. That's why it was so perplexing across the National Football League that Bill Belichick played Tom Brady so much tonight, albeit he is in a bit of a, an outlier type of situation being suspended for the first four games. Now, one could argue that Gavin Escobar simply was trying to get as many reps as possible considering he's coming off a torn ACL. But, you know, to update you and to update the RJO show, the Cowboys have some interesting decisions to make at tight end. Obviously, you've got future Hall of Famer and Jason Witten, who looks as good as he ever has. The Cowboys have James Hanna, who they just re-signed to a contract extension this offseason. They have Jeff Swaim, last year's rookie, who, who they have developed into a great pass blocker. And they have Rico Gathers, this year's sixth-round draft pick, the basketball player turned NFL player, who finally had a catch tonight, showed some athleticism even. So... I'm not saying they're going to cut Gavin Escobar because they're not. But what I think is interesting is that they have such an experienced veteran playing so much of a meaningless game. To me, it says that he has fallen out of the good graces of the coaching staff, potentially, and that he's on his way out after the 2016 season. Now, you're a bit of a you know non-emotionally attached person when it comes to the Cowboys. What do you view this situation as before we get to the person who this situation is applicable to on the Houston Texans? It's definitely a bad look. You don't want to see a veteran out there, and that's what he is now at this point. He's a veteran. If you're still getting heavy, heavy reps in the fourth preseason game of the week, it's not a good look. You're probably on the fringe already, and uh, I'd expect him to get cut, actually. I don't, Just I don't cut think bait there's, with the guy. I don't think there's any way. Because he's, you haven't he's, seen much from him. You haven't seen him take off like he wanted to. And He's a more talented tight end than Jeff Swaim and Rico Gaddis. Like, I, I don't think there's any way they keep those two over him. I just think that, you know, they're, um, they're at the end of, of the road, to quote the, you know, the ever-valuable boys to men. Um, they're at the end of the road with Gavin Escobar, and they are just, I think maybe they're more interested in developing Jeff Swaim and Rico Gathers for the future and just, you know, prepared to cut ties with Gavin after 2016. Exactly, and you're not going to you're not gonna roll with five t uh, tight ends on the roster to start the year. Right. So I just, 
I mean, you just spent a six-round pick on Rico Gather, so why go ahead and cut bait when you feel like he's a guy you can really develop and well, hopefully turn into a Rob Gronkowski light? Uh, well, uh, I think basketball that, I think that Rico's a guy they try to sneak on the practice squad. Um, just and that's why I think they probably held him off so much of the preseason, so nobody could see what he can really do. And the Cowboys are in an interesting situation in that James Hanna is on the pup list to begin the season, so he won't be able to play for the first six weeks. So that's why I think Gavin Escobar's safe. I just think it's interesting, um, and you know, potentially bad for him somewhere down the road. Just you know, not in the next you know few weeks or this season. But the guy who is in a similar boat, I think, for the Houston Texans is veteran wide receiver Cecil Shorts. Now, the Texans have uh, an interesting and a potentially, you know, really hopeful amount of precarious depth at the wide receiver position. Obviously, they've got DeAndre Hopkins, who we all know is a stud. Then they've got Will Fuller, this year's first-round draft pick, who can really fly the rookie out of Notre Dame. Then they've got Braxton Miller, the all-around world-class athlete who, uh, you know, is still learning and developing his skills at the position of wide receiver, but I think is someday and looks like someday soon going to develop into a really strong slot receiver. You've got Jalen Strong, last year's rookie out of Arizona State, and so that right there is four guys that I've already named, and I think that the Texans are likely to carry five wide receivers, and Cecil Shorts is probably that fifth guy, but the fact that he played so much of the fourth preseason game is troublesome if I'm Cecil Shorts. How do you feel? I feel the same way, and the Texans also currently have Keith Mumphreys and Wendell Williams on the roster right now. And That's right. Uh, Keith is the guy that they had last year, and Wendell Williams is a rookie this year, uh, undrafted, but he ran a 4-1-9-40 uh, at the Combine, which, you know, yeah, the speed is amazing, that number is amazing, but at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot more to it than just that for the wide receiver position. But neither one so, of those guys has beaten Cecil out for this team, right? I don't know. Uh, I know they liked using Keith Mumphreys in special teams last year, and they have so far in the preseason preseason this year. And uh, Wendell Williams as well. He's a guy that's uh, fielded some punts and some kicks. Cecil Shorts hasn't done much to impress us. Uh, you know, we brought him in last year along with Nate Washington, and it was just uh, DeAndre Hopkins. It was a DeAndre Hopkins party. So All of last year, no one's stepped up and those guys were veterans uh Cecil and Nate Washington and neither were able to do it Nate's now with the Patriots I don't think Cecil no, he got Nate got cut I believe from the Patriots so yeah there you go I, I think Cecil Shorts is if he makes a roster uh I think they're also going to keep either Mumphreys or Wendell Williams as well and so, uh I don't see Cecil being on the team so, after this year all right, well, I've given you the diagnosis in terms of the problem here. How it was interesting that Cecil Shorts played a majority of the fourth preseason game, and I gave you the diagnosis on Gavin Escobar a minute ago about the Cowboys. I also gave you the prognosis when it came to Gavin Escobar. I talked about how I think he's, his spot's certainly safe, um, you know, and whatever, all that hooey and applesauce. But give me the prognosis when it comes to Cecil Shorts and the Texans because, like I said, we're going to hold you to these predictions. And if you're wrong, we're going to remind you of them for the rest of your life. So I want you to tell me how many receivers are going to make this Houston Texans roster beyond the obvious four. So you got to say if there's going to be five or six and who those people are going to be, who's going to get cut because, like you're saying, you've got Cecil Shorts, you've got, um, you've got Keith Mumphreys, and you've also got Wendell Williams. So of those three, how many make the team and uh, how many don't? 
just because of our uh, offensive line injuries, I think only five of those guys make the team. So you got to pick one and of these three. This is like the I Bachelor. It is. I don't know who to give my rose to, <laughs> to give my flower, so to speak. Um, I got to say I'm going to give it to Keith Mumphreys. I think he tried to keep Wendell Williams on the practice squad. And I think he just cut bait with Cecil Shorts, maybe bring him in later in the year if he's available still. So Cecil's uh, just a, a, a veteran cut at this point. Yeah, I mean, you brought in so many young guys recently, and you, you're really going for speed. And Cecil is a pretty fast guy, but, you know, with Braxton Miller, with Will Fuller in there, you want to really see and stretch the field with these young, fast guys and try to develop them. I think Cecil's already peaked, and he's already on the decline. You know what he is. Why not test out these other guys? That's fair. Well, the Houston Texans came away with the Governor's Cup tonight in the preseason finale. Both teams escaped pretty much injury-free, which is a victory for all involved. 28-17 to was the final score in favor of the Houston Texans. And Jimmy Jalsethna was kind enough to join the RJO show to talk about it. You can follow him on Twitter at TheJimmyJal. Jimmy, final thoughts on the game and final thoughts as we get ready for week one of the 2016 NFL season. It's preseason week four. There's not too much you can really read into. Uh, there's maybe a couple guys that have their uh, careers decided by this game. I think for the most part, most teams already know who's going to make the 53-man roster. Um, for the upcoming year, I'm really excited as a Texans fan. I really, truly believe this team can take big steps forward. They were 9-7 and seven last year. Hopefully, we're a lot more stable at the quarterback and running back positions. So I think we take a big step forward, and I hope that uh, this group of guys we have, which I believe we have nine new starters on offense this year. That's right. Uh, I think they have the tools and the ability to really stick around and make this team a competitor for the next few years. At least I hope so. Well, um, we'll see. That's all I got. And we'll hold you to that. Make sure, if you are listening, to stick around right after this break. Thank you to Jimmy Jow for coming on the RJO Show. It's been a pleasure, my man. Can't wait to see you next time. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Cowboys Nation, the next time that our boys hit the field is going to be for real. And you know what else is for real? InsideTheStar.com. Inside the Star is your home for the best Dallas Cowboys content that there is. Myself and my teammates at Inside the Star work around the clock 24-7, 365 to make sure that you, the voices of a nation, are satisfied regarding the Dallas Cowboys. You are who makes this team great, and we work to make sure that you have the best. We have game previews, player profiles, reactionary pieces, bold predictions, takeaway articles, anything and everything that you could possibly imagine we have just for you. Check us out on the web at InsideTheStar.com. Follow us on Twitter at InsideTheStarDC or at CowboysNation. Like our official official Facebook page or follow us on Google Plus, Snapchat, Instagram, and anything and everything else. Let's get back to this episode of the RJO show. This is it now. Everybody get down. This is all I can take.
This is how a hop breaks. Welcome back to the RJO Show. Thank you to my friend Jimmy Jalstepna for hanging out, talking about the Dallas Cowboys and Houston Texans preseason contest. The Houston Texans coming out on top 28-17 to in the preseason finale for both teams. And you know what? We should celebrate because both teams escaped seemingly with no major injuries, which is certainly a cause for celebration. That is how you win the preseason, is you don't have any major injuries. Obviously, the Dallas Cowboys and what happened to Tony Romo is well-documented. We talked about it here on the RJO Show. In fact, we had a special episode about Tony Romo's injury on the RJO Show. And you know what? Speaking of special episodes, I feel like doing another one. You're probably listening to this episode on Friday, September 2nd, and you probably listen to it either by going to rjochoashow.com or by subscribing on iTunes, TuneIn, um, LinkedIn, not LinkedIn, oh my gosh, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You can listen to us through all those outlets. And if you go to any one of those outlets, you will see that we put up another special bonus episode already for you today. And that is my interview with Jay Novacek, three-time Super Bowl winning tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, an all-around great guy. I spoke with him early Friday morning, chopped it up, put it in a special bonus episode for you. So go check that out. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you thought about this episode. You can email me, rj at rjochoashow.com, or you can tweet to me at rjochoashow.com. Ochoa. And remember that there is going to be a trivia contest based on this episode with Jimmy Jalseth. Now I'm going to tweet out and put out on the Inside the Star Facebook profile page a question about today's episode. And whoever is the first person to get it right will get a 15% off code to use at shopcowboys.com, the official Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop. And that's courtesy of my friends at the Cowboys Pro Shop. They donated this to the audience. So shout out to them. Hopefully you're the lucky winner. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. I love coming on immediately to talk about the game in a post-game platform here on the RJO show. Like I've talked about many times, this is going to be something that we continue throughout the 2016 season, and it's going to be games that are not just the Dallas Cowboys. If there's a great Monday night game, Sunday night game, Thursday night game, and we feel like doing it, we'll fire up the RJO show. We'll get it going. But remember that I stream on Ocho Live every single day on my own personal Periscope and on the Inside the Star Facebook Live feed. So make sure you're checking that out. It is the only daily Dallas Cowboys video show that you can watch and hang out with your friends, your pals, and have a good time. Talk about some football like Jimmy and I just did. We talked about Cowboys Texans and what we liked, what we didn't like, and hopefully you agree with those things. We wrote about them already for you. You can go check them out at InsideTheStar.com and let us know what you thought. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to be for you, the voices of a nation. That is a phrase that we take very seriously and to heart, and I want to make sure that we're living up to it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed the bonus episode with Jay Nova check let me know what you think and i hope you have a very happy and a very safe and a very wonderful labor day weekend enjoy it enjoy the return of college football i'm sure i'll talk to you sometime soon whether on twitter periscope facebook live it's snapchat instagram i am everywhere i'm like the night like i said a few episodes ago i bid you a good night as i am recording this on thursday night and i hope that you smile that's all i want have a good one we'll talk to you next time as Always go Cowboys and peace out. Oh, what's he gonna do? You wanna get down? Tell me. Oh, what's he gonna do? Do you wanna get down? Oh, what's he gonna do? You wanna get down? Oh, what's he gonna do? You wanna get down? Tell me. Get down on it. Get down on it. Get down on it. Come on in.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.